Thank you, Jesus. I praise your holy name. Thou art great and mighty. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to gather into your house today. Wash us, I pray, afresh and anew in your holy blood. Thank you, Jesus. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, I'm going to turn in God's holy word to Matthew chapter 15. We're going to begin with verse 28. All right. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. All right, I'd like to work for a little while this morning on raising up people of great faith. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I mentioned a little bit this morning on the radio about having faith in the faith. Now, when you have faith and you're expressing towards God in particular, a trust and a belief and a confidence that he can do what he says, what his word declares. Uh, it is also written in your Bible that the just, they're going to walk by faith, they're going to live by faith. So it's our, our belief, our expression of belief and confidence and trust in him that is of vital importance. Uh, if the Lord tells us to do something by His Word, I'm not talking about something abstract that you can't really get your hands on in a sense. It's like the air. It's not, it's not concrete. It's abstract. But the Word of God is, is concrete. The Word of God is something that you can grab hold of. Uh, you can truly Get a hold of this in your heart. It can dwell richly in your heart, that word of God. And for you to have a, a, what did it say, to come boldly to the throne of grace, that means to come in confidence. That you don't come up, come to him in some kind of, uh, you know, one minute I, I believe and the next minute I'm not believing. One minute I have confidence you can do it. The next minute, you know, I don't have confidence you can do it. But you come in, in a great confidence, in a great boldness, in a great faith. Now, the backdrop of this particular case had to do uh, with an individual who had come to Jesus and had a problem. The problem was that in the home with one of the children, and um, it's a nice thing to have a home where you don't have a problem with your child. Uh, it can be very upsetting when something breaks out, shall we say. Uh, so this individual had a problem, and it was evidently a very distressing problem. And so this individual comes to Jesus and begins to 
make her request known unto the Lord. And it, it does instruct you in the Bible to make your request known unto him. Uh, it's good for you to learn how to talk to God and to express your innermost feelings, to put your thoughts into verbal, verbiage, that you speak them out to the Lord, okay? And so this individual began to uh, make it clear to the Lord as she worshiped him. And uh, she began to ask him to take care of the situation. And he told her that it wasn't proper to take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs. And I've often referenced that. How many people would have started a lawsuit over that? But this woman, there was no thoughts of a lawsuit. The only thing that was in her mind was, you can take care of my problem. And her faith in him was very appealing to him. And um, to the point that he, he referenced her, and after having told her that he couldn't take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs, she understood that. She said, that's true. That's true. I acknowledge what you're saying is true. Even when the word of God how did it say in Revelation, is bitter uh, versus the sweet. If I'm going to have balance, well, that means every once in a while I'm going to have to take the bitter pill. I'm going to have to, you know, when I was a young man, and I never remember having to take this stuff, but I always remember them talking about castor oil. <laughs> Thankfully, I never had to have that. But I always remember them, the, the faces scrunching up and nobody wanting that, you know. And... Uh, I think I was more in, uh, in the experience of getting the soap. <laughs> that wasn't a fun experience either, uh, that I'd probably ran my mouth or said something wrong, came out of my mouth, and here came the soap, you know. Chew on that for a while, and, and maybe you'll think twice before you speak once next time. But uh, I do remember them talking about castor oil, and nobody wanted anything to do with castor oil. But it was, would really evidently get the job done whatever that was. And uh, so I'm saying to you that it did say in your Bible that the, that the, the Word of God is going to have a, a sweet and a bitter. And the bitter is going to have, it's going to do the work that it needs to do. It's going to bring balance into our lives. And you and I don't always, just like that castor oil, you don't, oh, that stuff's no good. That's not going to do me any good. Well, you know, I hear the same thing from the students about algebra. Why do I have to take algebra? I'm never going to need algebra. You know? And then you, you get on a job, and, and uh, if you're a carpenter, for an example, you might use a whole lot more algebra than you ever thought you were going to use. Or geometry. You might use a lot of that that you never thought you would use. And, um, and that, if you follow that line of thinking, that just because you don't see or cannot comprehend in your mind or don't have the experience yet, uh, so therefore, I don't, I don't need this, then, you know, that could go all the way down to your multiplication tables. That could go down to your adding and subtracting. I mean, it could go down to the most basic elements, ABCs, XYZs, you know. And uh, so you have, to, um, you have to have a little faith, don't you? You have to have a little belief. And here, I'm telling you that the Word of God is telling you that there's going to be some times when you're going to get told something by the Word of God and it's not going to set so good with you. And you're not going to see why 
Well, be careful because you might just find out why, meaning the hard way. Right? Not always fun to learn things the hard way, is it? Uh, so it's so much better to walk by faith, to have a good confidence in our God that when he grabs you by the hand and says, come walk with me, that you're not pulling back and hesitating and questioning every little thing. Or you're not trying to, uh, one of the young men was telling me on the, on the job where he works that uh, they were, he, they didn't see him. And uh, they were talking to somebody in our church and, and uh, kind of making uh, some comments about, I want to say what the Bible teaches. They want to say what y'all believe. Well, y'all believe what the Bible teaches. <laughs> That's who we do. That's what we do. We just believe what the Bible teaches. We believe what it says. And we try to practice that in our daily lives. And um, but they had some comments to say. And when the, when the person, the believer, had left the room, not knowing that the other person was in the room, was also a member here, uh, they, and they didn't see the person, they begin to make their real comments. And as they begin to criticize and call us all kinds of names, and uh, the person kind of stepped out a little bit, and then they all went, oh, I didn't see you. I, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> but uh, the problem is, is that people often don't understand. There's a lack of knowledge and understanding, and that's where the criticisms come from. Uh, if, if you know the Word of God, if you're learning the Word of God, if you're learning about Jesus, he said, come unto me and learn of me, then you might not be so caught up in criticisms or in resistance or, in, in be, or being contrary or stubborn. You might not be like that so much because you are doing what the Bible said first and foremost as we obey the Scripture and the doctrine or the faith, the faith. There's a difference here now. We're earnestly contending for the faith, for the doctrine, for what Jesus said and is saying. Okay? There is one faith. That's what your Bible said. Okay? And so we want to have faith in the faith. We want to have a strong system of belief and confidence and trust in what he is saying, which is known as the faith. One place in Romans talked about obedience of faith of the faith among the nations that this wouldn't just be for one person one group of people but and the Jewish tried that they thought they could keep this to themselves they thought they could corner the market on the faith but somebody woke up one day and read the Bible and said wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you know it's written so and so that he's going to be a light to the rest of the world. And then others begin to pop up, and they begin to say yes, and to this agree the words of the prophet, and they begin to quote chapter and verse. How good it is to quote chapter and verse. How good it is to have the chapter and the verse to back up what you're believing, that you're not putting your faith in a bag with a hole in it, or a bunch of holes in it, but that your faith 
You know why you believe what you believe. You know why you're doing what you're doing, and you know why you're not doing what you're not doing. Why, as the Bible said, you're abstaining from the very presence of evil. Why you're not going to get involved with that. Why you're not going to go in that direction. Why you're not going to take those steps. Why you're not going to speak that way or act that way or participate in certain things. Because you're told the very appearance of evil, you're to abstain from that. You don't want to give anybody the wrong example here. You don't want to be an example to your children of something that's wrong. You don't want to be an example to people on your job of something that is wrong. You want to be a part of the light. You want to be a part of the city that's set upon the hill. You want to, people to look up to you and what God has put in your life so that thereby they will glorify, not you, but your heavenly Father. That's the ultimatum. That's, 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 that's what we're shooting for, that God would be glorified. Everybody said amen. So we have a, a woman here that recognizes that it, it's true. You're, what you're saying is true. Now sometimes, as I said, that's a, that's a bitter pill. Sometimes it's hard for us to say, you're right. We have, we have a struggle in the flesh with that. And it's just hard sometimes to, to cough that up. And uh, You know, sometimes we need to cough some things up. Because sometimes things are like a bone and they get caught in your throat. And you need to get that out. It gets, it gets stuck right there. And you just can't seem to deal with it or get the victory over it or make the right decision about it. Hence, that's why we're given an example of prayer. Jesus, in the days of his flesh, he prayed until the other person changed. No. No. He prayed until he changed. Now here he is, God come in the flesh. But he had this flesh to contend with. You know? And uh, but the Bible teaches that he prayed until the fashion. You know, if you pray enough, ladies, your your fashion will change. You'll get a you'll get a fashion sense. You know, that's true. You'll you'll uh, you'll you know, I was telling somebody the other day about something from the scripture and that, that of course we believe in and I think I was explaining that the church uh, I think they came to me and they asked me a question and I began to try to answer them somebody evidently had given them some very poor and wrong information and um, I, I began to answer them from what the Bible teaches and I said you know one thing you can always remember is that the standards of the church are always going to be above what the standards of the world is Always going to be about what the what the world will deem to be acceptable. The church very often will look at that as totally unacceptable, okay? Because God said, "My ways are not your ways." He said, "My thoughts are not your thoughts." He says, "If the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways." Okay, so the church's standards is always going to be higher. We've seen in education. I don't want to get too far out here and lose my point, but we've seen in education. That instead of trying to do better, they just lower the bar. <laughs> they just lower the standard. And boy, look at that bar, man. I don't think I can run up and get over that. Well, no problem. We'll bring the bar down here. You can step over it. And then they bragged everybody how much better education is. 
I mean, nothing's better. They're just dumbing everybody down, you know. And we've got children that can't read because nobody teaches them phonics because there are no more phonics to hear them tell it. And I'm not going to go into education now, but I just wanted that example to show you how people can lower the standard and then brag about, look what all is coming in. And, and we're not seeing, it's like uh, one guy that claimed to be the preacher to the president and he, uh, presidents, and he went down to Australia and had a crusade, and they claimed that 50,000 made a decision for Christ. And 30 days later, the government issued their proclamation. They said, yeah, and ain't one of them changed, neither. You know, there should be a good change when you get the experience that Jesus promises. But man has lowered the standard. See, man is just saying, just accept Christ as your personal Savior. And you don't know how many times I read this through. I don't ever read that. I never have read that instruction in the Bible. The word accept isn't even used until well into the New Testament. Not Matthew, not Mark, not Luke, not John, not Acts. Not even Romans. A little further. You got to get him to find that word. Okay? And it had nothing to do with salvation. You know? So I want the instructions of life. I want the instructions that came from Jesus' lips and the apostles. He gave it to them and they gave it to everybody else. To the church, really. And the church gives it to everybody else. And, and that we can and that we'll listen. So it's important that we acknowledge truth. That we acknowledge the rightness and the correctness. Even when we don't see it. Can't see what you're saying. Well, you know what? I remember lots of times as a young man sitting in my pastor's office. And he looking at me like, are you that dumb? <laughs> you know, he wouldn't say it, but he, he kind of had that look like. And then all of a sudden, thankfully, the light bulb would come on. i go, oh, okay, I got it. I see it. And it would be a big relief on his, you know, he's only told me six times, six different ways, trying to get me to see what it's saying. And uh, I wasn't argumentative. I just didn't understand. I just didn't see it. But, you know, we need God to open our understanding. So sometimes we have to pray until we have the fashion of our countenance altered. Okay? I knew a guy that was, uh, he, he did... Uh, work overseas among people in, in, in the country of Thailand. And um, he spoke their language fluently. And he, was, he had taken a suit of his, and he was a very, very large man. And um, he took his suit to be altered, and there's many good tailors uh, in, in Thailand. And, of course, all of them are about this high. And uh, so he dropped the suit off, and uh, he went about his business, and Probably went and got something to eat. When he came back, he found two of them standing in one of his pant legs. And they were just jabbering away in, Thai, in, their, in, their, in, the, in, the, in the language of Thailand. And uh, I don't want to get my Thailand messed up with my Taiwan, so I'm, I better watch that word. So they were <laughs> getting my tongue wrapped around my tooth, and I can't see what I'm saying. But anyway... Um, he, he, they, they were just going after it, jabbering and making jokes, making jokes, making jokes. And he's just standing there, you know, inside he's laughing, but he kept a straight face and acted like he didn't understand a word was going on. You Spanish folks better watch out. I know a little Spanish. And I'm gaining on my Creole. I've learned to say, Vinny, Ashita. 
I like that one. Come here, sit down, shut up. <laughs> I like that one a lot. You know what? I had to learn that one first, right? <laughs> oh, brother. And what was that one? Femi book? Femi book? Shut your beak. I like that. <laughs> Something like that. Well, anyway, I'm saying be careful because these guys were going off making all kinds of jokes. And so finally the, um, the, 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 the preacher, he, he spoke up in their language, and they froze. They just froze. And here they are standing in one pant leg of the guy's pants, and they just froze as he spoke to them fluently in their language. And then he, he fixed everything because he had a booming laugh, and he just started laughing, and then they were all okay then. You know. Then they climbed out of his pant leg, and they hung his suit up and gave it back to him, and they were, just, they were so little, and he was so huge, it was a big joke, right? But um, <laughs> what I want to say to you is that uh, sometimes, sometimes we don't understand. We don't, we don't understand what somebody else understands, and particularly our God with whom we have to deal with. He, his ways are above our ways. He's so much bigger than we are. He's so much wiser and, and has so much more understanding. And you know what? If you have faith in him, then you're going to do like the, this, this woman that expressed herself in a way that Jesus marveled at her faith and called it great faith. Because, because she expressed a confidence in him. And she said, truth, Lord, truth. Now, she's, she's been, she could have easily taken offense here. She could have been highly insulted, being called a dog. And I don't think it was D-A-W-G, hey, dog. I don't think it was that, you know. I think it was, we're not giving the children's bread to the dogs, you know. And, uh. And, and she just went right along with it. We talk about a spirit of cooperation. She wasn't going to let anything get in the way. She kept her focus. I've got a problem. You can take care of it. I want you to take care of it. I know you can take care of it. And so the different uh, ways in which uh, he spoke to her and the words that he used, you might want to consider that he was testing her Spirit he was testing her attitude. He's going to find out. Some people, you know, they just praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm so blessed, so blessed, so blessed. You know, and you say one little thing, you just barely pinch their skin, and oh, brother, they explode. You know, and uh, you find out how skin deep their blessing is. You know, so this woman told the Lord. She said, what you're saying is true, and, and yet the dogs, though, they get to eat the crumbs which fall from the children's table. All I need is one of your crumbs. That's all I need. I'm not asking a big thing here, Lord, because it's all small to you. There is absolutely nothing too hard for you. Nothing is impossible with you, Lord. And so the Bible went on to say, in her saying this to him, that he answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Now, this is opposed to Deuteronomy 32 and 20, where he, where he talked about the, us being, and he was referencing the congregation, really, and he said, being children of no faith. So, do we want to be of no faith, or do we want to be of great faith? I think I'm going with the great faith. 
okay? I'm going to go with the great faith. I want to be, I want the Lord to, to look at me and say, great faith is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing great faith here. All right, so it's important to have faith, and it's important to have faith in the right one and the right thing. When our faith is in Jesus Christ, our faith is in his word. And everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. So the, the, uh, the just are going to live by faith. They're going to live by faith, the scripture teaches. You're not just going to have faith once in a while, but you're actually going to live by faith. And, and you're going to make, this is going to be your, your life, 24-7, 365 and a quarter. You're not going to switch the light on and switch the light off. You're not going to, uh, uh, you know, turn this on and turn this off as, as you feel it's convenient for you. No, you're going, this is going to be there in the good times and in the tough times. This is going to be there when it's all sweet, and this is going to be there when it's bitter, when it doesn't agree with you. We don't have to worry too much about the sweet times, do we? I went to somebody's house here yesterday, and, and the child answered the door, and I handed them something for their parent, and, um, and the girl's pretty tall, you know, and all of a sudden she opened her mouth and took out that lollipop and had that big red tongue. And, and all of a sudden you realize you're just looking at a little child, no matter how tall or whatever, you know. And uh, it's kind of like some young ladies in our church, you know, they, um, one in particular I'm thinking of, no names, that um, she's a grown woman until she opens her mouth and then you realize she's about 11 years old, you know. And so how about our faith? How about our faith? Are we just going to look? Or is it going to go beyond the look? Are we going to have a depth here that, that when, when the, I know when the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. I know that, okay? We'll set that aside for a moment, okay? But um, when the going gets tough, I want, uh, some, their question did get asked in a storm, where's your faith? So it, are we only going to have our faith, our belief, our trust, our confidence in in? Him and his word and the church and the leadership when it's sweet, when, when, it, when the sun is shining like it is today, and whoo, we're so full of faith. And then you get home and turn the radio on, and it tells you that there's a hurricane coming right over the top of the mountains of Hispaniola, headed right for you. And then all of a sudden, you're in a panic mode. You know, and you want to jump a plane and go to Alaska or something, where you can get swallowed up in an oil spill. No place to run, no place to hide, except the name of the Lord. Okay, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't get it right where you're at, no matter where you run to, your problem's going to be there because you're the problem. Okay, that's where the problem's at. So you're, everywhere you go, you're just taking the problem with you. You're taking a lack of faith, and that leads to so many other downhill things. If you want things to get going right, then you want to get it going in the right direction. And that's what Stephen preached to them in the book of Acts, and I believe it's chapter 7, and he preached a quite a lengthy historical sermon to them, and he read them their history. And that got him in, in trouble right there, because most people do not want to hear how they did it wrong, and how their grandparents did it wrong, and their great-grandparents did it wrong, and all of that. You know, but the truth of the matter is Stephen was trying to get them to the place where they would plant their feet and realize you stand by faith 
and you can do it right. You can be the individual. You can be raised up to be that person of great faith in spite of your history, in spite of your environment around you, in spite of your co-workers. You can be that power of light and strength and faith that can help somebody. You can help somebody. Help somebody. And that way, one day, you don't want to be of no children of no faith. And, we, and then he talked about those that were of little faith. And, he, and it was more or less, you know, a little slap on the wrist there. And he, he said, oh, ye of little faith. Again, it's not exactly what you want to hear. I am glad the person had some faith. But I, I have a feeling it's kind of like um, what the writer of the book of Hebrews was inspired to give to them and is put to pen in our good word of God, when he said, when you ought to be teachers, you have need to be taught again. You know? And it also, same book, talked about the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. And he said, now we've gone over all this, so let's not do that one again. Let's move on, he said. Now, I know that everything we learned, I hope you paid attention, that everything we learned, we learned in kindergarten. But, uh, and I think my wife is pardonably proud about that saying, being a more or less a kindergarten teacher and a pre-K teacher. I think she's getting so good at it that she's down to three-year-olds. I shouldn't announce that, though. You'd be bringing all the three-year-olds to school. And uh, having, having, having room in the school right now is a definite problem. I think we're hanging them from the chandeliers this year. Brother Chuck's going to going to rig up some rigging up there and they can sit in those little jump seats, you know. And they, <laughs> I think that's where we're headed. <laughs> and I think my wife's going to be headed out the door. <laughs> so uh, we are not the Statue of Liberty, so don't bring me off your, <laughs> don't bring them, not yet. Just pray that, uh, that God will raise up more people of faith and that they will uh, stand with us in faith here. But um, I want you to realize that, that we have an opportunity here to upgrade our faith, that we don't have to be, you know, the, the computers of yesterday are truly of yesterday. Uh, I saw some recently, and I said, man, those are dinosaurs. And um, I, I said, I don't think they're even worth keeping, are they? And they're looking at them like, well, don't bother with that. We're, we're what they might call generations beyond that. Well, you know, the church has been around for almost 2,000 years, and that's quite a few generations. And the Bible does talk about from faith to faith. So let us grow in grace and knowledge. Let us get this experience. Let's get baptized in Jesus' name. And what are you waiting for? What doth hinder? Let's get baptized. If you have faith, even as a grain of a mustard seed, which is a very small thing, but it's very tenacious. It's very, for lack of another word, it's stubborn. It just will get after it. I told one of the sisters the other day they had a problem, and I told her how to handle it, and I said, you're just the one to handle it because it requires somebody that, that, that's dogged. I said, you'll just, I called her a dog, didn't I? You're dogged. I said, you just can get a hold of this thing, and you won't let go till you get it done. And I said, that's what this needs. And so she said, okay, okay, I'll go get it done. I said, well, that's what, that's what it needs. Because some people will never get it done. And actually, that's why there's a problem because nobody would get it done. And here we are.
all these years down the road, and now, now you've got a problem in your family situation. You can get this taken care of. Well, you know what? There are things that you and I, as the church, can get taken care of. And the first order of business has always been in the church and will be to repent and then get baptized in Jesus' name and then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. From there, we can begin to grow. Our faith, one place said, I hear that your faith groweth exceedingly. So our faith begins to grow. We, have, we, have, we begin to express a faith, a continual faith in God's and His Word until the point that you begin to become a place of strength, a place that, that uh, God can invest in you and it makes you stronger and thereby will make those around you stronger, okay? The words that come out of your mouth are not going to be criticisms. They're not going to be murmurings and mutterings. Those are Bible words. Not going to be a contrariness in your spirit. There's not going to be a, a stubborn attitude that forms a great resistance to, to the point that you begin to um, quench the spirit of God in your life. You're like dog. You know, that's not what God wants. He wants you to be a lively stone. He wants you to have the, the, the favor of God in your life and the love of God and faith in Him and how He does it and what He does. And you know, oftentimes people criticize because they don't understand and, and they don't consider and have faith in what all God has done. And, you know, the devil just wants to blind people to what God has done. Uh, but the example here is a woman who is, is seen and walking by faith. And, she, and to the point that Jesus commends her and absolutely more or less put her on display. And, he, you know, God wants to show us to the city. He wants us to, to be on display, not for vanity. And that's why we're not going to be a part of the fashion of this world. We're not going to be on the runway of this world. You know the runway we're on is a runway of faith. And you're the one that provides the runway. That's why they got in a mess. Because the word that was preached to them, the gospel that was preached to them, was not mixed with faith. It didn't have that runway. It didn't have rolling out the red carpet and say, come on in with all that good word of God and all that good teaching and all that good favor and glory of God. They, were, they said, no! no runway. There was nothing for faith to land on and begin to enter into their hearts and to usher in all the good things of God. Then many an airplane wrecked because they couldn't find the runway. But we want to, if you want to put it in a ship, then we got to put the gangplank out there, okay? But you've got to get that entryway. We've got we've to show God here that, that we have faith in Him and that when He says it, He means it. And that should settle it for all of us. Right then and there. I've seen people come and believe the gospel. I've seen people come up out of their seat and repent of their sins, and we baptize them in Jesus' name, and God give them the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of eternal life. How often people want to try to pull something out of from Romans to Revelation and preach salvation when it's not there. Salvation is in the book of Acts. That's where you're going to get the knowledge and you're going to see the experience of it. And you're going to get the experience of it. Romans to Revelation is teaching to those that already got the experience. And now that you're saved, how you can stay saved. But it is written in Ephesians to the church, to the already saved, that you're saved by faith. 
through grace, through the favor of God. If it wasn't God's favor, you'd never have a chance. Okay? And, it, and, it, and it, he made it clear. He said, it's not of yourselves. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. Your looks didn't do it. Your money didn't do it. Your, your, your stature didn't do it. Uh, your, your own personal earthly knowledge didn't do it. But it's by grace that, that, that the king would ex- extend the golden scepter of favor in your direction, give you an opportunity, be mindful of you. And he's so mindful of you that he knows you by name. He knows where you live. He knows your every thought. It gets scary, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. But he, went, he, you know, he didn't stop there in that verse. He said, by grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves. You know what the next part is? It is the gift of God. And if you study your subject matter, the gift of God is the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Born again of the Spirit. Okay? But you see, I saw a woman at the post office one day here a while back, and she had a shirt on, and it said, um, it said the gift of God. And I said, do you know what the gift of God is? And she looked at me and she said, no, sir, what is it? So I proceeded to tell her. She thanked me, got back in the car, and she left. But uh, lots of people wear things that say things and put bumper stickers on their cars, but they don't have a clue. They're clueless, truly. And uh, they just hear general things. Don't you love the one saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? That is so erroneous. Not in the Bible. Never said that. None of the apostles ever said that. Nobody in the church ever said that. I'm so glad to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> doesn't say that. doesn't teach that. Okay? They don't even know what it means. You know? They don't know what it means. I'm glad that when I got saved the Bible way, that is, I got delivered from sin and from all those evil spirits, and, and the chains fell off of my mind in particular, my heart, that, that in, the, in the salvation experience, uh, <laughs> you get sanctification right then. It's a package deal. It's all there. When the Holy Ghost came from heaven, a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind had filled all the house where they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. When it filled all the house, friend, I want you to know the house was full of God's glory, and there was nothing lacking. Everything that they needed, he sent it. He sent it. Amen. You might want to realize what the scripture teaches and have faith in it. Have faith in the faith. People ask you, why are you going? Well, you might want to answer and say, because that's where the truth is preached. Oh, but I might offend them. Well, some people need a little offending. They need their feathers to get ruffled a little bit. They need to think. (laughs) They need to wake up because they're headed in the wrong direction. And, and, And the old devil just using hand to Pat him on the back. The old devil, just grab him by the wrist. Here, pat that person on the back. Just keep egging him on. Keep encouraging him in the wrong thing. Uh, well, it's not popular. Well, this isn't a popularity contest. It's not. Now, I'm not trying to make people mad at me. You know, when I first got the truth, and I, I had the Holy Ghost four days, and I went back to tell all my family and friends, and I lasted about four days. <laughs> I think they... Definitely wanted me to get on the plane and go south with the rest of the birds, I guess. But uh, they didn't, it's because of sin, because of conviction. And I had a, a boyhood friend with me, and, and he said, 
He said, you know, what you're saying is good. And, and he said, um, I, I, I think it's right. He said, but you got to find another way, man, because they're not reacting right. Well, you know, everybody isn't going to react the way you'd like them to react. And that's unfortunate. But you know what? Every seed you plant is not going to produce a good plant. Okay? I see a lot of good corn or a lot of good cane, but it doesn't all come up and produce what you want. And we are going to sow this certified seed. And God's going to give us hearts that are going to be uh, honest hearts, the book taught, right? He said, you sow the seed and it's on the top, and the buzzards of hell come get it. You sow it again and, and it's not getting down in any depth of earth. Sow it again, it's among the rocks, no good. The, among the thorns, no good. And then he said, we get on good soil. And he said, that's an honest and a good heart. And it brings forth fruit. It yields a 30, 60, and 100 fold. Okay, everybody said amen? amen. All right. Let's turn to something in the scripture here. I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 9, chapter 9 and verse 2. I'll go ahead and begin with verse 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, or take a look, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus seen their faith. Imagine your faith getting the place that he can see it. He can see it. But your faith begins to grow. One thing that's going to help your faith. How am I going to get my faith to grow? Do I go get a watering can and water it? Well, in one sense of the word you do, but you don't need a watering can. You just need to come to church. And the washing of the water by word. Okay? The preaching of God's word and you're letting that come to your life. And as it comes into your life, the streams thereof, it's going to, you become a well-watered plain, so to speak, or plant even. And, and it's going to begin to produce fruit. Lots, you know, the devil can imitate. And I had a man tell me one time about a guy that I had dealt with this guy, and I tried very hard to win him, and, uh, but he was, he, was a, he was a con man. And uh, he was always, because he was a dope addict. And, um, but he got with this other guy and, Went up to some meeting, and, and the guy, the preacher called me, and he said, man, that guy, so-and-so, if anybody ever got the Holy Ghost, he got the Holy Ghost. And in my mind, I was thinking, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, we'll see. God grant that it's so. But you know what? It's like they said about the woman that came to revival and hit the altar and made a big, nice show for everybody, and, and uh, the revival was over a week later, and nobody saw her again after that. And that went on time and time again, and they said she never got in long enough for her hair to grow out. Just never was around. So there are lots of people that the enemy can use and, uh, and can put on a fair, the Bible called it a fair show, in the, not even a good show, just a fair show. You know, you've seen those things where you check off, you know, excellent, good, fair, you know, you know a fair show in the flesh. But God knows the heart, doesn't he? God knows the heart. And the Bible teaches the fruit of the Spirit. And, and it's not going to do you any good to go out to the tree and look at the tree and say, you know, uh, this tree is telling me that this, it's an apple tree. 
And you're looking for the apples. You're looking under the leaves. I don't see any apples. Well, Jesus looked at a tree one day and he cursed it. And the disciples, when they came back by and the tree was withered up and died and gone, they were like amazed. And Jesus had to teach them a little object lesson because that tree was not showing even potential to bear any fruit. And so Jesus said, we'll have to remove that. And then in another place it said that the, the pastor pleaded with God in prayer and said, let me dung around the tree. Let me fertilize the tree. Let me work with this tree. And God's words were, pluck it up. Why cumbereth the ground with it? In other words, we can put something there that will produce fruit. And you'll quit wasting your time and my time, and we'll get with a heart that will be honest and that will yield good fruit. And so we want to develop our faith here, and we want to tell ourselves, come into church, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So you let that good word, of what does Jesus say? Let these sayings, let this word sink down into your ears. All right? Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So, and behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on the bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And then people with little faith, begin to criticize in their hearts right then. Who's he to do that? Who's he to do that? Who's he that I need to say anything to him? Who's he that I need to talk to him? All the attitudes that begin to fly. Somebody said that just recently to somebody in the church concerning me, and I said, yeah? Well, when they didn't have a bed to sleep in, they weren't acting that way and talking with that kind of attitude. It's amazing. But you see, it depends who you're, who's injecting what into your life, into your heart, into your mind. If you're putting yourself around uh, evil communications or unbelieving communications, then it corrupts what good we're as a church putting in you. So if you run with the wrong crowd, you're going to do the wrong thing. So you better learn, like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I want to get with the, the true church and they believe in God and they have a true faith. I want to get with them. And then I won't, I won't be wanting to be so sneaky. And try to, you know, I told you about the, the woman that one time made the statement, and I'm closing, because the, the, the clock is closing in, that <laughs> uh, she made the statement to the installation man about putting in the, the dish. He said, put it where the preacher can't see it. But if we grow in faith we bear, and we bear fruit, then we're, we're not going to be so sneaky. We're going we're gonna to get that sneakiness out of us. We get that stubbornness because we're, we're in a, an environment of prayer and worship and praise and the word of God. And these are things that, that fertilize and that water to where we, we flourish. Abundantly, we bring forth fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. We, get, we begin to bring forth fruit. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said hallelujah. Amen. And then in so doing, we're 
more and more developing an honesty about it. And it did say providing for all things for all things honest in the sight of men. We want an honesty here. I, I, don't, I came out of sneakiness. I came out of underhandedness. I came out of lying. You know? I had somebody not too long ago, and they were, it amazed me how much they lied. And I, I said, you know, I said, I haven't told a lie since I got the Holy Ghost. Just like I told somebody one time when they were sitting on their little Uno cards, I said, I haven't cheated since I got the Holy Ghost. I don't do those things anymore, you know. And if you are, then I hope you're feeling very convicted right now. and You just need to pray and let, and let God effect a change in you. You don't want to have that attitude, change. I don't need to be changed, you know. I had one young lady came in this morning, and, and you know, that outside of that door is a, is a mirror, pretty much, that film that's on it. And I always get a kick of watching, especially the ladies coming up, you know, and they're, I think, well, it's good to check. It's good to check because you want to make sure there's no immodesty going on there. And uh, so uh, when she came in and saw me standing there, she broke a big grin and said, <laughs> she said, hey, I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> well, it's okay to look in the mirror. The Bible talked about looking in the, into the word, which is the mirror, called it the perfect law of liberty, and then straightway just go running away from what you see. Well, we might as well get honest with ourselves and then we can get honest with God, and, and God can start growing our faith. And then we'll have faith growing in the faith. I've, I've seen people come and repent. I've seen people get baptized in Jesus' name. And I've seen people get a blessing or an experience in the Holy Ghost. And I have, I have seen those same people refuse to grow in grace and knowledge, to refuse to let their faith grow. And first news you know, it's not truth, Lord, or truth, Pastor. It's argumentativeness, and it's contrariness, and stubbornness, and I don't see that. You know, I'm not receiving that. And all kinds of attitudes are flying all over the place. And then the very faith that brought them into the body of Christ, all of a sudden, the same preacher, the same word, same preaching, suddenly it's viewed as a negative thing when it formerly had been viewed as a positive thing. So let's make sure that our faith is growing. One place talked about us completing your lacking in your faith. And the church will do that. We'll help you to get stronger. We'll help you to, to have a faith that the Lord will marvel at and be pleased with. If you'll simply hang in here and have good faith, have confidence. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, I like walking with the Lord because I don't ever have to worry because he's always concerned about my welfare. And he's the same way about you. The best overall interests of everybody concerned is what we're after. It's truly, in one sense of the word, He's going to deal with you as an individual, but remember, he cares about everybody. And we all have to hold our hands up together. We've got to work together. We've got to love together. We've got to worship together. And thereby, we can go forward together, and we can do the work of the Lord. And you can stand with me now, and I will say to you that you can also stand in loyalty. If you want to be loyal to the Word of God, 
if you want to be loyal to the leadership, and be loyal to the body of Christ, and because all of these things are going to be tested. They're going to be tested. There's going to be foolish and unlearned questions. There's going to be people that point fingers. By the, it'll come to a place where the Bible said we'll be hated of all men and all nations for his namesake. So if you can't, if you can't run with the, uh, the guy that's running, then how are you going to contend with the ones that are on horses, so to speak? So if you can't deal with it when it's in a green, prosperous time, how are you going to deal with it when it's dry? That's what your Bible says, okay? So now is a great opportunity and to use this time in our lives and in our walk with God to let our faith grow exceedingly. So you keep on being faithful. Don't have bad manners and miss church. You come to church. You be involved in what the church is doing. And you get a hold of a good spirit. And you let that good spirit get watered. And you flourish. And you bear lots of good fruit. Because the devil can give us little imitations all the time. But, you know, it's, a lot of times people have a lack of confidence when the preacher says, oh, no, you better watch out for that and thus and so and thus and so because their level of discernment's not quite where the leadership's level of discernment is at. But they come to find out only, though, after they get taken. Okay, So I'm trying to spare you the getting taken part. Have good faith. Have good faith. Let Jesus show you as a person of good faith. Let him marvel at your faith. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands, love the Lord, worship him this morning. I thank you, Jesus. Raising up people of great faith. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know where 